Welcome to the Health Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. 23andMe, the genetic testing company, just announced that it will be entering a four-year partnership with pharmaceutical giant GlaxoSmithKline to develop new drugs and therapies. As part of the partnership, 23andMe will share voluntarily shared genetic data with the big pharma company. Here to help me make sense of all this is Maria Liu from First Health Advisory Solutions. How are you doing, Maria? Good. How are you, Elmer? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I gotta say, it's always a pleasure to talk to you because you make uh, you make this very easy for me. You're you're you've never given me a one word answer, which is the worst thing to get as an interviewer. So, uh, thank you so much for jo- for joining <laughs> us again. It's seriously always a pleasure. Sure, it's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, so so how you been? We can uh, we can we can do some pleasantries. Yeah, good. Things are good. Um, it's it's been a good summer so far, and and yeah, things are pretty. I can't complain. That's good. That's good. So uh, the main thing we're going to talk about today is uh, something that's come up in the news recently. It's kind of a, a, a phenomenon in in pop culture right now, right? 23andMe. What are your, before we even get into, you know, any of the potential controversy or whatever, how how do you feel about 23andMe when you first heard about it? Do you remember, you know, I feel like there, there used to be like Ancestry.com and other things, but I feel like 20, 23andMe really, really got popularized kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, 23andMe um, really found their niche in not only giving you the the um, your ancestry and ethnicity breakdown and your profile there, but also um, your health information that uh, you might not know about. So I first heard about 23andMe a few years ago when they were um, pretty small and and not hugely developed yet. And a good friend of mine had sent in his sample and was um, very excited about it and was trying to convince um, you know the rest of us that we should we should do the same. So I looked into the company and um, I have to admit it's really appealing and what they give you in return for your money <laughs> and a spit sample is is uh pretty tempting i have to say so um you know it's a home dna testing company and they um will tell you your ethnicity breakout um similar to ancestry.com but um they also tell you your genetic health risks to certain diseases and whether or not you um you have carrier status for some genetic um, diseases, whether you have genetic markers for those, so yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, and and they uh, they've only grown um, since I first heard about it, and uh, they have now somewhere um, estimated to be around five million customers. So oh wow, wow yeah yeah yeah. And the init- the interesting thing about their model, which which kind of surprises me how much they've succeeded, is this is kind of a one-time thing, right? Like you're never looking, you're not trying to retain these customers necessarily. So that's kind of a, an interesting thing that it is good in the sense that like you, like you just shared, like it, it's one of those things that you share with people and it's like, Oh, cool. Like maybe I'll try it as well. But it is, it is interesting how fast they've grown considering they don't, you know, they're not trying to do a subscription. They're not providing a service, a long-term service. Um, so, so that, that's just fascinating. It really is a, it's it's crazy how big they've they've gotten, and I, I think that's probably just because they they mastered the thing that I think a lot of people in the tech industry are, are still trying to master. Whereas, just like streamlining uh, the user experience and interface, I think they've made that really 
really easy for people. Yeah. So their product is definitely appealing too, right? For not that much money. I think their kits start somewhere around um a hundred dollars for something like a hundred and and forty dollars you can get your health and uh genetic um ethnic profile like i i mean it's relatively inexpensive but you're right in that um it's a one-time service oh by the way so i'm look i'm looking at their prices right now and it's even cheaper than that yeah it's uh 70 for the ancestry and a little over a hundred for health yeah and, ancestry. and you know <laughs> it's uh for anyone that is you know still tempted to use it um uh, a good the friend of mine who had first introduced me to it said, you know, during Black Friday, uh, day after Thanksgiving shopping, they usually discount it even further. So little tidbit in case anyone wants to try them out. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So, I mean, I think generally it's a good thing that people are having this kind of access. But, you know, there there is some controversy with this uh, service. They have a new a new partnership, which we'll get to. But even before then, once it started going around that they might be saving all your information and, and selling it, and, and this became a big concern, right? And especially if you're looking at the, uh, you know, if you get the health package, they basically have a, a version of medical records. So how, as someone in that industry, I guess, how do you feel about that? Yeah. it. Um, so, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned was that it's a one-time service fee, essentially, and they're not going to get repeat customers. So the real question there becomes how is a company um, going to, you know, sustain itself well after majority of your market share has really bought that one-time package and is not looking to maybe buy an additional package because they already have all the information they want, you know, that um little they they've tested out that niche and they you know feel good about the results and then they move on with their life right so what is interesting is that they have found a way to um really monetize some of that information that they save um and if you look at their privacy um statement it becomes clear that they always kind of intended to take that aggregate data and then potentially perhaps sell it, um, which is kind of that new partnership that you mentioned. So I think they've found a way to monetize it. It's a brilliant uh, strategy for the company. Um, and hopefully it'll do some good. Um, but, you know, I think consumers need to understand where the risks are for themselves. Right. And, and you know, I, I, I'm obviously not in the, the medical industry, but as someone who thinks about, you know, who, who his whole work is online and, and, you know, everything I do is, is some kind of digital media. I've kind of just given up with those fears in a way, you know, like the fears of like yes. my information is, is, is online at this point. I've just, yes. I've just, you know, really thrown in the towel and been like, well, this is it. This is my life. Now I have nothing of value yeah. <laughs> online that someone could really take, but I am aware that like, you know, I do, my digital footprint is, is there. So as this crosses over to the medical side, you know, I think it it's definitely not the same conversation as the one, you know, we've had with with you know, digital digital footprints. It's kind of scary that that this is this always seemed to be part of the agenda, right? Yeah. Um and you know, back when I started looking into them, that was one of the big concerns I had, which kind of 
always prevented me from giving them a sample, even though their product was very tempting. Um, and what you say is absolutely what I think a lot of consumers um, feel in the same vein. They, you know, there's some on the spectrum where they're very hesitant and they're worried about this. Um, and there are a lot that say, you know, listen, everybody kind of gets cancer. Everybody, you know, you everything causes cancer, everything. And that's kind of yeah, the yeah. outlook, I think, that comes with, um, you know, warnings about about your personal security information, any of that. But we're really talking about um, the the trading, buying and selling of you know, not just your DNA here, or your not just your um, your personal user information, um, but but we're talking about the selling, trading, um, and purchasing of your DNA, and that actually is quite um, scary in terms of what that could lead to. I was going to ask Maria to go, you know, to to play both ends of the spectrum. What is the worst case scenario, um, in your opinion, when it comes to you know your your kind of this kind of information being potentially at risk. Yeah, so the worst case scenario is um, you know, whether 23andMe um chooses to sell the data to or gets acquired by or gets hacked and then that information gets sold to um a healthcare insurance provider. That to me would be the worst case scenario because we currently live in a world where um pre-existing conditions are not guaranteed to be covered forever, right? Every time we really hear about um, healthcare reform, healthcare bills in the news, um, the, 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 one of the biggest things and biggest points of contention are whether or not healthcare um, insurance providers are going to be required to cover pre-existing conditions. So that could affect millions and millions and millions of Americans. But now imagine that you are one of the five million who have given your sample and your DNA, um, and that DNA is acquired with your uh, name and your identifying information by an insurance provider. And if the laws change, there's nothing that prevents them from saying, hey, listen, you might be the epitome of health right now, but you have genetic markers for a disease down the line that is going to be astronomically expensive to treat, and we just don't really want to cover you. So I think that that is kind of the worst case scenario that, you know, isn't ruled out by their privacy um, statement, which I think is is kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, just to get everyone on the in the same page, the, the, the news is that 23andMe has partnered with uh, GSK, which stands for GlaxoSmithKline, which is a British pharmaceutical company. And now there's a very direct connection in, into who it's who this information might be getting to, right? Right. So what are the fears with, with a company like this having your information, if there are any at all? Yeah. So GlaxoSmithKline is kind of um, the one of the biggest of big pharma companies when you hear about pharmaceutical companies and drug manufacturing. So they recently bought a stake um, to partner with 23andMe for $300 million. So that gives them access to all of that rich data um, that 23andMe has quietly started gathering. Um, and, and that, you know, comes along with all of the health 
data that they've been gathering. So I think it's in the news um, more so now because people are starting to realize, oh, hey, wait a minute, 23andMe is actually able to monetize and sell my information, essentially. So I think that that is um, kind of where the privacy concerns come up because it was always known as a possibility, but now they've started to do it. So there's no guarantee that they won't continue to sell to other companies. Um, and, you know, for for GlaxoSmithKline, I think that this partnership is probably one of the better ones. It's, it, in my mind, it's one of the best ones, right? It um, The first real venture to tapping that data has not been law enforcement um, requiring them to give up DNA samples and data. Um, it hasn't been um, health insurance industries. Um, it, it really is a company where, um, for better or worse, they're trying to to solve the issues of um, you know, disease and f provide treatment and, and new medicine that isn't there yet. So I think that it's, um, you know, a, a, a sword with two edges, right? You, on one hand, it can do an immense amount of good. And on the other hand, it opens the door, so to speak, to some things that might be scary if your data is up for sale. Yeah, and I think the the other big fear is like you know we mentioned I well I mentioned like the the idea of the spectrum and of of good and bad and the I think the scary thing is that we don't even know where in the spectrum it could be, yeah. right? Like how good or how bad, right? So that that is kind of kind of scary. Do you think we'll ever get? I mean, I feel like information like this takes a long time to to do anything meaningful with, right? So. Do you think there'll be any uh, yeah, direct consequences or, or not even consequences because of the negative connotation, but I guess like results or outcomes to, you know, this partnership? Do you think it'll be a long time before we ever even know if this landed anywhere on the spectrum? Um, I think it's going to be here a lot sooner than we would actually expect because um, you have to remember that the $300 million GlaxoSmithKline invested in 23andMe is only good for four years. So... Um, they have, yeah, they have access. So they believe that, you know, the, the investment of $300 million was worth it for four years. So what they do in the next four years will be very telling uh, with that data. So they, now 23andMe didn't um, sell, it's not clear how much they sold. I, I think, I believe it's just the data sets. Um, but they didn't sell any piece of the company off to GlaxoSmithKline. So that really opens the possibility that, you know, they could go after other companies, um, other insurance providers. Um, they, they could really monetize this in a, in a number of ways and fashions, right? They, it doesn't mean that they only will sell to GlaxoSmithKline. So I think that that, you know, it just opens the door. Um, and I think that that is where if you have given your your information to 23andMe, I think it's very important you stay on top of making sure you follow the changes that, that come out. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's kind of unfortunate, right, if you just did this casually without thinking and now this is going to be looming over <laughs> your head for the rest of your, your life, basically. Yeah. 
But it's kind of interesting too from the the GSK side because it was such a huge investment that you you got to imagine they must have a plan, right? With if they're going to invest that heavily. So Yeah, for sure. I could I could really see this going you know, a million different ways. Yeah, it's you know, it's, it's exciting because you know, 300 million to URI is is absolutely an astronomical number. Um but when we look at in the grand scheme of things, the cost of developing a new drug, bringing it to market with FDA approval is estimated to be between four to 12 billion. So for 300 million, they essentially bought a treasure trove of information and DNA that could help them, you know, not just find one new drug or treatment, but potentially uh, multiples, and then they can monetize that and bring that to market, and then it becomes very uh, cost-effective for them, right? So it's definitely interesting to see where this plays out. But I think you know, if you happen to be one of the um, five million Americans that have given your information um, to Twenty Three and Me, it's very critical that you follow the news because you know. Right now, the opt-in, opt-out could very well change where they quietly take that out and start um, trading and, and selling that information without, you know, the, the nice opt-out features that they give you. So I think staying on top of the information and what changes um, in the future with privacy and, and all of that with 23andMe is, is definitely um, something I would be concerned with if I had had participated. Well, Maria, I uh, again, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. It was so fun as always, Elmer. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.